third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, joined by Jake, Lunas, and Frank. The usual crew is back together. Um, oh, wait, I know- something went wrong. What the oh, fuck? Something went wrong. Oh, wait, no, I don't think anything went wrong. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank, Frank with the pump fake. Well, what I was going to lead off with is um, we were all riding high last week with Jake having Joe Judge fired and all our teams being in the playoffs. Um, now, none of our teams are in the playoffs. All of them got smacked, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who feels bad now? No, no, none of the games yeah. were competitive. So, <laughs> none of the three. So, we're all just don- – we're on to Dynasty now. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have – I guess I'm rooting for the Bengals. I don't have an actual preference. Maybe Brady and the Bucks. I don't know. No, go Bills. Well, whatever. Um, let's just kick it off with news and notes. Um, other than all the playoff games, which I'm sure everyone uh, saw. You know what? We'll, we'll start with one of the playoff games, actually, because Cam Akers came back. Uh, we I ranked them pretty high in, in the um, running back rankings draft last week, and we just saw him go off uh, for 95 yards um, against the Cardinals yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday, Monday Night Football. Um, crazy that he came back so quick from a torn Achilles. I think it's been, what? Seven months? It was what? June, Give or right? take? Some yeah, it was, so it was awesome. June, so about seven months, yeah. Yeah. Guy's already back, just Insane. leading the Rams' backfield again. Well, I don't know if he technically led it, like, he actually, it. but he, he's, he's, he's set up now to lead the backfield, and his dynasty stock is going to soar at this point. It's going to soar because everyone had him as a running back five last year. We haven't seen an influx of too many great running backs. I mean, Najee and Javante are up there in the top five. This year, I'm sure Brees Hall will get some love. Isaiah Spiller, maybe DeAndre Kenneth Swift went up a lot. DeAndre Swift. But, I mean, Cam Akers, there's no reason that he's not going to be in the top ten, I feel like. I think he's going to be a top ten dynasty running back again. But the question is, is that too soon? Like, are we already sending it too far I, for Cam I, Akers? I feel like I've been – kind of one of the I guess doubters not that I like was complete I just kept on saying like I just want to see it before I'm gonna believe that he'll come back and I just saw it seven months after the injury never mind the fact he's gonna have like this offseason to get even more healthy he I feel like he has to be in people's top 10 um he completely proved me wrong like I'll admit fault on that I did not expect him to look this good off an Achilles injury um obviously like hoping and assuming he continues to look this good, but he looked insanely good yesterday. But I'd have him in my top 10. What about you guys? I feel like you can't not have him in your top 10. Dude, I don't know. I think everyone's going a little bit too far because I mean, dude, I he bought team makers in a couple leagues. Like, I feel like I was the guy on the pod back when was like, dude, yeah, I'll offer the first for K-Makers. But I don't think he's, like, wildly above what I thought he was. Dog, no. I, 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 was... I don't know. It's just I, I think everyone went a little crazy. Now everyone's starting to go a little crazy again. Like, No, I was the one who, like, was, like, sell for a first after the kid. I've admitted complete defeat. I've waved the biggest white flag. He's... He looked fucking good. Yeah, but like, okay, uh, he looked fucking good. So if we're if we're saying that ninety five yards on, he had a good day. He he looked good. I'll give him credit. But like, we're saying that that performance warrants now all of a sudden thinking he's an RB one. Like, okay, what about Rashad Penny then? Like, are we thinking Rashad Penny's an RB one? Well, 
I, I think the difference with Cam Akers is like we, we saw him the previous year do similar things like the Patriots is the example I always point to where he, he is capable of putting up those huge numbers. Now, the issue that I do run into with Cam Akers and why I think we might be going too far is he's still not like a great pass catching back. And, and if we're going to start ranking him in the top six or so, which I mean, I don't see why. Like, I know people are already going to start doing that on Twitter for effect and for engagement farming. Um, I don't think I can that go was, that far. That was my issue last year, though. I, like, I think, sure, you could put him fringe top 10. But once you start putting him higher, my issue with him last year was when he was getting ranked inside the like top five running backs. Is this, is, this is a guy who didn't catch the ball a lot in college. He didn't do it in his first year on, on the Rams. Like, we need to see like a significant increase in that kind of production before I'm willing to put him up to that high. Um, now, obviously, at running back five, when I wrote that article in the offseason, I said he was a sell at that time. Um, now, at running back, I don't know what he is on keep trade cut. I'm sure the market hasn't adjusted yet, too. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to give him like another day. He's currently running back 13. Oh, so um, he's going to be in running back 10 territory soon. Running back. He's going to be higher than that. I think, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get up as high as pretty much five at this point. Because if the running backs ahead of him are Nick Chubb, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Dalvin Cook, Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon, Kamara, Eckler, and then the top five in McCaffrey, Swift, Javante. He's going to pass a few Jonathan of those guys. Taylor. He's definitely going to hop a few of them. He'll probably end up around running back seven or eight. Um, following this game, I think the community is just going to, once again, be like, just like Lunas, he's back, guys. And now he's back to that top five, top seven, whatever it is, dynasty running back value. And then again, I think we fall right to your article, JT. And once he gets up yeah. that high, it's time to sell. It sounds like we're going to be in a K-maker cycle of just... Uh, I don't yeah, think I he's do... going to get that high. I, I mean... I, dude, I just don't see that. I really, maybe if he goes crazy the rest of the run of the playoffs. If, if you pulled, he doesn't need pulled, to. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't need if to. If you pulled a, a hundred dynasty players right now and ask who would you rather have on your team, Dalvin Cook or Cam Akers, I think the overwhelming percentage is going to say Cam Akers. And, and Dalvin yeah, but Cook. I think that's more of a thing on the Dalvin Cook. Like, I think that yeah. I personally am not sure that Dalvin Cook is a top 10 dynasty back for me. And I feel like he's it's been, been like that, that for a while for me. He's currently at running back 10. Delvin. Not like a while as in multiple years or anything. I don't I think I think better questions could be something like Akers versus like Antonio Gibson and Nick Chubb. I think yeah, that's kind Antonio of... Gibson, Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, some of these types of backs. I yeah. think right, but well, then you get up to then you get up to the Mixon, Kamara, Eckler tier, where you're like, those guys are older, and with the, all the hype that's behind a 23-year-old running back, there's very much a possibility that his, his keep trade cut value jumps those guys. But I do. If I could flip Akers for Kamara, I'm doing that easily. Yes. I, no hesitation. I, I do just want to clarify on my top 10 take. I I don't agree with him being as high as like an RB5 or 6. When I said top 10, it's kind of in like 8-9 range. But I, I will... I, Feel good putting him around. Biggest stocks move, picking him up for a single first. Apparently, that was yeah. Um, this feels like one of those times where it's like you're going to see Cam Akers startup ADP be a lot higher than like his actual, I'd say, trade value in, in like established leagues. 
Like, I, I think see we're going to see like second round. Yeah, we're going to see people reaching on him in startups soon. I don't think you're going to have the similar effect in already established leagues of trading cam makers, though. But I don't know. Time will tell. But speaking of the Rams, let's just move on to OBJ, who their joke going around Twitter was that his dad is the greatest GM in all of the NFL because OBJ gets traded to the Rams and he actually gets his first win in a game that he's played in in the postseason. Um, he had two touchdowns. He, I think he Definitely only had one. one only one. The okay. point is, forty yards passing. You know, a couple catches. Yeah. <laughs> the, the point. The point. He's been so much more. He, in nine games with the Rams, he has six touchdowns. Uh, he's been way more productive consistently. Like it was just a shit show in Cleveland with him and Baker. Like an absolute shit show. And I think now, well, it, when's his contract up? How long is he with the Rams? With? I think. I mean, he was. Was he traded? Or I thought he was. No, he's oh, he was released. So yeah, he's a free. Yeah, so I think it's just That's I think it's just a one-year deal with the Rams. Um, but I don't think anyone's truly surprised to see Odell do well in the Rams. A Sean McVay-led offense, Matthew Stafford at the helm. They're gonna get him the ball, and there was no question in OBJ's talent. Everyone knew it was still there. He's not that old. It's not like he's at a Julio age where you're like, okay, he's actually physically deteriorating at this point. It's just a matter of he never got on the same page with Baker in Cleveland. That offense is a run-first team and will be a run-first team. That's how they would be successful. That's what they've shown. And, and just going to this this high-powered Rams offense has really revitalized him. And even with Cooper Cup on the other side putting up the triple crown, he's stepped into a role that he is a super productive wide receiver for them. And I, I would – think they're going to come back and try to resign him this offseason for a reasonable contract. And if that's the case, I think Odell's going to have a very nice next two years probably that's, with them. That, that's the thing I was going to bring up. So I was going to ask you guys whether you guys view Odell as a buy, hold, or sell. And as good as Odell looks right now, I might lean sell just because I feel now he's getting so much more hype. Like, Odell's back. He's still He's still really good. Are the Rams going to re-sign him? He's going to be a free agent. The free agent receivers are pretty much was Devontae Adams and then what, like Chris Godwin tore his ACL, uh, Allen Robinson down season. Could I see like a worse team kind of give him a big deal when the Rams are way over the cap? Obviously, I know cap space is kind of a myth, but um, I don't know. I, I like if he um, doesn't go back to the Rams, Robert Woods is back next season. They still have Van Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Go ahead, Frank. Um, I, I just have a simple way to put this. Does he pass the juju test? Is he honestly in both senses? Like, or would a team rather have Odell or Juju? And would you rather have in Dynasty Odell or Juju? Well, that's, that's a, good, a good question, Frank, because I'm going to say everybody ranked above him. And I think I would ha- rather have OBJ than like most of these guys. And that is Juju Smith Schuster. Gabe Davis, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Rondell Moore, Michael Gallup, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, Michael Thomas, Kadarius Tony, Hunter Renfro, Hollywood Brown. Like, there's only two, three, maybe four guys that I feel very comfortable having above OBJ. And I just riled off like 10 or so names. Um, so, 10 plus names. So, to me, I think that means. He, He's probably a hold because I don't think you're going to be able to buy him for what the price I just listed him at is. Like, hey, he's he's ranked lower than all those guys. Um, 
I think his value is going to skyrocket um, over like. Dude, I don't know. I think he's very attainable still. I think with like a mid second, you can you can get him. You probably get come, him from come draft time. time. Come draft time, that two oh six exactly in the middle is going to be looking juicy. So, would you prefer to buy for two oh six or sell for two oh six? Like, if you if I told you come draft, you could pick OBJ or two oh six. What do you guys all take? Well, I think it completely depends on my on like it does depend team, on the team, yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, because the second round has some nice. I feel like nice I'm inclined pieces. to sell. I I don't know why because I, I lean sell OBJ a little bit this year. Because it's it's tough with also his free agency. Because Robert Woods is going to be back next season. The um, one reason Cooper I Cup like is gonna selling be there OBJ is that there's enough people usually in every league that will make enough reasons to why they really like OBJ and think he's going to have a 1,300-yard season. And yeah, I think I, even after another rough season where it's the tail end has been good, that's still happening. I, if I could trade OBJ for a 2023 second, I would... I think I I, really I think one of the I think one of the most ideal scenarios for OBJ is uh, especially how close he is with Brady. If a team overpays Chris Godwin, and he goes to Tampa Bay where he's always wanted to play with Brady, I think that's one of the few scenarios where it's like even better than his Rams situation right now. But I don't know about every other team. Like if he goes to like the Colts or something, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, the other big problem with buying OBJ is that you just know you're buying a receiver. Probably at a round, like there's a good chance is the highest price he's going to be, mm-hmm. from, like the last part because, after this postseason. I think so. Yeah, yeah, even if he has a crazy year, what he, you're gonna he's he'll be an early second maybe, and that's a hard maybe. He'll be 30 years old. Where yeah, he's saying that trade three. The amount of age. people that are going to talk themselves into buying OBJ is going to be lower and lower and lower. And as of right now, I I still don't think the path for OBJ to be a very consistent performer is necessarily there. I don't think he's a bad hold if you're a contending team and just want the depth. I'm not saying you should sell, but I feel like I could personally maneuver him into just as good of a receiver and something else on top. That's fair. Yeah, good point, Frank. All right, let's move on. Um Probably the biggest off-season news that we have coming out so far. It's Russ wants to explore his options again. And essentially, that's just giving hope now for Broncos, Giants, I don't know what other organization fans. but I think he said Saints. 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 Yeah. Bunch of bunch of teams that, like, you're a quarterback away from – well, I don't know about the Giants, but uh, the Broncos and the Saints, you're a quarterback away from being a playoff team that, that can do damage. Being a contender. Uh, you know, yeah, if you have the receivers on that team, you got to be excited um, for a potential Russell Wilson um, mesh. Uh, to me, I, I think it's all just going to be some off-season drama. And it's not going to amount to anything. I think what's more likely to happen is Pete Carroll gets fired than Russell Wilson leaves. I, I, I have a question. Who's more likely to be starting on a t- new team next season uh, to you guys. I think we all can conclude Watson's going to be somewhere else, but between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, who do you think I is more likely Watson's to be on a different be team? Else. He, I think he's going to be somewhere else. Uh, but between uh, Rodgers Aaron and Rogers. Wilson. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Oh, have you said uh, Rodgers? The thing is, Aaron Rodgers knows the game now. He knows the model. The model's yeah. no longer stick around with a team that's not going to throw everything. Like, 
you want to go to that team that's going to use all their draft capital, all their cap space, everything to so help right you now. win a chip. Now. Well, yeah. If you want my just narrative analysis and literally no numbers, nothing looking at it, like at this point, I think Aaron Rodgers is in the point of his career where he said it himself. Like he doesn't care what people think. And so yeah. I don't think he has a problem with alienating the Green Bay, like not at all fans and going to a different team. Where Russell Wilson, I think he still tries to be that kind of like superhero role model kind of person. And I don't think he wants to hurt his image by just leaving Seattle. And I also think Seattle has to recognize you're definitely way better off with Russell Wilson and just letting Russell Wilson pick his coach than sticking with Pete Carroll and having Pete Carroll run your offense. Easily. I mean, I think they think they, they have to know they that. Should. Right? <laughs> yeah. They should. They <laughs> should. I don't, I don't know if they do this. now that I now I said loud. I don't know if they do, but it, it feels obvious that that should be the case. All right, so this is a bait bait headline. To me, I think so. I don't know. Does anyone think he's gone? I yeah, think I if know. Seattle gets the right offer, he's gone. I think so too. What yeah, is what's the right, the offer? right offer? Yeah, like think all your draft picks first? for the next the, three the, years. Like I'll, I'll I don't say know, the, the Giants, the Giants offering picks. those two top ten picks. I'd yeah, pick up the phone. That's not. I wouldn't. If I'm Seattle, I'm not taking that's, two that top starts 10 the picks conversation. For, I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm saying, saying that starts, starts the conversation. Yeah. No, I'm with Jake. I think that two top ten picks. You're not I'll team if you, you don't two, have a quarterback. I'll give you both of those picks. I'll give you Saquon well, Barkley. Stafford uh, I, like, what did Stafford What do you go want? For? Well, Stafford was also a little bit different because Golf was a negative asset in that trade, so they had to give a little bit more uh, to make. But it was also like taking on Golf. It was understood that like. The, the 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 lines were never competing. I think Seattle hey, still wait, could compete. I'm not sure that golf was necessarily a negative asset. I thought that golf yeah, his was contract like a, was his contract, yeah, his contract was, was rough, but asset. dude, it's the lines. They're going through a hard rebuild, and they get a shot on a quarterback. Like, what was the Stafford trade? Was it they got first, two golf? They go three first. I, I thought it was two and golf. Stafford golf trade. Uh. The Lions traded. It was two firsts and a third, and Goff for Stafford. Yeah, so you're telling me I can't give you, you six, yeah. five and seven or whatever the Giants ended up with? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right. I definitely uh, think that gets teams, Seattle. It's teams in different. Like, why is Seattle inclined to trade Russell Wilson? Because Russ doesn't want to be there based on the current roster construction. Pretty much. But Russ would want to go. That that's where you lose me. All right, the Giants trade their draft capital. That yeah, but at the same time, what if the Giants don't want to trade those two top teners and they're like, "Nah, we want." We'll give you one of them and a pick next year. Great. Maybe next question. It doesn't. That is also true. You you can offer one of them and their and their first and their first in the next draft. It doesn't. We'll give you and we'll give you picks three through seven in in whatever draft you want. Plus, also Russell Wilson, the free agency, way more free agents are going to want to go to the Giants. You get to be in New well, York City with that. Russell it's Wilson. Like, yeah, the if, Giants if, and all their cap space. Uh, when they okay. add Russell Wilson to the team, too. Okay, cap They'll space, figure it out. snap space. We can yeah. figure it out. <laughs> uh, you guys are like, you guys, I mean, no, I'm with Jake your boy this. Gettleman has tanked the team in more ways than one. Isn't he like, gone, though? Uh, yeah, he's yeah, gone. Yeah, gone, but he, he left us a nice parting gift of like, negative cap space. Listen, and Russell, not Wilson, improving the roster. Russell Wilson wants to play with Kadarius Tony. I don't know when yeah, you're going to okay. accept it. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, he's, going, he's going with Seth Williams. He's going to pair with Seth Williams in Denver if he goes. Um, all right. <laughs> Now, Frank, I'll, I'll let you decide. What segment do you want us to go to now? 
Let's go to the young, productive backup running backs. All right. Well, okay. I mean, just as you described it, what we think about these young, productive. All right. Let Uh me let me tell you guys a little a little story. Um, Okay. Is it Star Wars? um, The little young running back, Harry Potter. The young (laughs) running back that could. Well, it's like both of these guys are in a similar scenario. Like Michael Turner is honestly what I think of when I think of like AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard. The situation. I'm not saying that these guys are or are not fucking Michael Turner, right? Okay. Um, but like they're both behind good running backs. Like Aaron Jones and Ezekiel Elliott were both at some point top ten running backs within the past two years, ranked by at least forty people, right? And when A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard have gotten the football, they've been good. Like, they've been good running backs. They pass a lot of the tests that you like to see with running backs. So you can make the argument that both of these players are quite literally only volume away. And what if they were on the open market? Would a team rather get them on a, on a for cash instead of spending draft capital on a running back in, like, the second round? What if they're just that scenario away from being an RB1? And while people might argue, oh, well, I don't want to buy him because he's going on to a second contract and he hasn't done anything, maybe he's like 25 years old, you might be able to pick up a guy that lands in a favorable situation at a RB2-esque price, right? Is that the scenario for either one of these players? What are we thinking? So I think more so... Pollard than Dylan because Dylan is already in keep straight cut ahead of Aaron Jones, even though Aaron Jones over the past four years, they're, they're back to back. They're running back 20 20 and 20, yeah. Where is Pollard in relationship to Zeke? Pollard's um, at running back 26 and Zeke is running back 23. So oh, they're so they're close. all really close. Wow. Um, the say, thing I is, think- is that. If Zeke or Aaron Jones leave, this is not the ceiling for a or vice versa. If AJ Dillon or Pollard leaves and is goes to a role where they're presumably the RB one, this is nowhere near the ceiling of where they could be in both production and value. Yeah, so, are we comparing them to Michael Turner in terms of like he was behind Ladini and Tomlinson? Yeah, he's behind Ladini and Tomlinson. He's played he, well. Everyone knows he's good. And then he goes to the Falcons and he rushes for like yeah, and he beca- he gets an RB one workload. I mean, you could there's yeah. plenty of guys that's happened to yeah. Uh, yeah, I think those are fair comparisons for these, guys, especially when you're considering like like the status of the running backs ahead of them and what the teams. Uh, I mean, a fourth round pick's a fourth round pick, but that's what Tony Pollard was. The Packers spent a second round pick on uh, AJ Dillon. I I just feel like that you know while they did sign Aaron Jones to that two-year deal, right? He's now entering his last year, correct, Lewis? Uh, it, it was a four-year contract, but they could get out oh, of it. You, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, to me, yeah, I just think these guys have been too explosive and, and done enough to the point of a, a team, whether or not it's the team they're currently on, is going to have plan for those guys to be their lead back. Now, it might be a team that misses out that's contending, though, such as like the Bills, like the Bills miss out on Spiller and Walker and Hall. And they're like, well, you know, we got to the wherever if they lose. We got to wherever. If we just had a little bit of a better run game, albeit Devin Singletary's been fine. 
if we have a little bit better of a run game, like, you know, that, that's a championship for us. Um, situations like that, I, I do think these guys are going to get their, their you know, full workload. That being yeah, the, said, are they, now are they worth the buy? That's what I was just going to say. That being yeah. said, I don't know if I'm. Well, it's weird, right? Because what they're ranked around in terms of running backs, I mean, we did the draft last week. You saw what happens once you get past like running back 15. It gets really murky, and you just don't want to draft around there, right? Like currently on Keep Trade Cut, AJ Dillon's run back 20, and Tony Pollard's run back 26. Um, I took Tony Pollard way higher than that because I just. I like his upside more. So if I could flip someone like a CEH, you might have to add a little bit to get AJ Dillon, according to Keep Trade Cut. But for Tony Pollard, they're roughly even. You know, the name of CEH compared to what these guys have all done in, in their careers is not very, like, it's not dissimilar. I get that CEH was able to be the lead back for the Chiefs for a little bit, but he didn't do a whole lot with it. And when, like you said, Frank, when these guys have gotten more of a workload, they've been able to be productive with this workload. So to me, I'd rather trade for the guy that we know less about but are excited about than the guy that we, we know what CEH is. We've seen every other Chiefs running back do something other than CEH. And, and he's just basically at this point on what he was drafted in rookie drafts in 2020 and, and the name and the Chiefs running back. That, that's all he has going for him right now. If I can move CEH for either of those guys, I'm doing it. Yeah, A.J. Dillon is a lot higher priced than I thought he was, at least according to Keep Trade. I'm not really sure that that's a thing. He's not really in, viewed as a – anyone, anyone who owns him doesn't view him as like a normal backup running back, like even like a good backup. Like they view him kind of as like – like I said, what, people like him more than Aaron Jones. When, to, to play the other side, though – what separates these guys from Alexander Madison? What makes them way better? I think than they're now? just better. <laughs> just just pure just talent. Better. I mean, yeah. yeah. Also, also, I mean, at least in Dylan's case, like the Packers spent a second round pick on Dylan, which is different I, than Pollard and Madison's situation. I think Madison was a third round pick, was he not? Yeah, Madison was in that third. like somewhere third, very early fourth territory. Yeah. The yeah, thing I'll give Dylan on this is he is by far the best draft capital, so I get that aspect. Alexander Madison, 102nd pick, only 23 years old. I mean, has played well when he's played, but essentially most of his games were against the Lions. So. And Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. I watch, I watch A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard play, and I think that they're explosive. I think they're better than Madison. I mean, yeah. I think, and the market says this as well, that A.J. Dillon is probably a safer bet than Pollard, just because I think A.J. Dillon is, you know, he's big as fuck. He actually has, like, gotten a lot better in the passing game. Not that he's, like, where he needs to be necessarily, but he's gotten better. Um the- the thing, the thing about AJ Dillon that I also like is that there, I, I don't see a way that Aaron Jones finishes his contract out with Green Bay. I think that they're going to take that out after this year, and he's going to be gone. He's going to move on to another team, and then you know AJ Dillon is going to fill a larger role moving forward. And on top of that, we saw how they were being used in the second half of the season. They were almost like a one A one B scenario here, where they were pretty much splitting carries straight down the middle, which in itself holds value because now you can play A.J. Dillon as a flex play or an emergency running back if you need to. 
and that adds more value where Pollard people were doing the same thing, but Zeke was still getting more carries. It wasn't a one, a one B you still know who was the lead dog in that backfield, despite Pollard still being very, very productive with the touches that he got. Uh, the one I other thing. I will say one thing about Dylan versus Pollard. Does I think Pollard makes up a little bit of ground on the fact of like, if we're counting on AJ Dylan during like the Jordan love era, I don't know how much I well, like him compared to now. I mean, the, you don't have no idea is, what they're going to do there. But. The issue, though, is have you guys seen Zeke's contract? Because I think it's going to go down as one of the worst contracts in, in like the past decade. It's so bad. It's terrible. It's yeah. an awful contract. They it's, gave like, what was it, 90 mil? I think it's. Yeah, I, I mean, his his cap hit for 2022 is, is 18 contract. million, then 16 million, 14 million, 17 million, 16 million for the next few years so they don't even have it out (laughs) yeah they don't have they backloaded a running backs contract it's going to be one of the worst contracts in the nfl in a year or two and to me i contract schmontract whatever like you're going to start the guys that are better but zeke is going to be around in an annoyance because how do you even get rid of him like like other than just yeah, but like, I think that's that relative though because Zeke also is one of those running backs that does a lot that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Like okay, he's not yeah. the best receiver, but he has really he's good one of the best pass back. blocking. Yeah, his pass backs. blocking is great. He doesn't have the explosiveness he used to, but kind of like why AP hung around the league. He's not going to fuck up. He's not going to do a lot of stupid stuff. He's going to run the plays correctly and. A play that's designed to get three or four yards, he's still able to get three or four yards. He's just not going to break it for those bigger gains that we've seen. Where like Tony Pollard, while he has the talent to break those big runs, well, all that consistency level stuff, he hasn't been able to really consistently provide. And do we think that the Cowboys are going to give him that? Probably not. If I were a team, if I were I a just, team, dude, Tony, like, do we really think Tony Pollard is going to be a lead back? I remember a year ago we were saying, yeah, Tony Pollard, like he, he can't be a lead back. I kept Tony Pollard, but fuck, I feel like if I could get him for a good valuation, I would sell him. What do you, but you look for, at these what, stats though, and they're just like fucking nice. Like, what would you trade man. him for right now? If early I early second, you, he's gone. Oh, okay. See ya. I was gonna say early second. All right, interesting. Yeah, give me the early second. Um. Yeah, I it's going to be weird with that. I, I I think what's nice though is I can't imagine the Cowboys are going to bring in another running back with those two tied there for so long. But I, I this is not tied to dynasty in the slightest. But if we want to go on like a two minute side talk real quick, why don't teams like the Lions or or the Giants or, or teams that like they know they're not competing? Why don't you like try trading for the likes of Ezekiel Elliott and doing like kind of what the NBA does where it's like, we'll take that cap hit for you. Like you give us an asset. No, it's actually a good point. NBA tanking teams do that way more where it's like, yeah, we'll take that contract. If you give us like a first, Well, the Browns did that right for Osweiler. They just tanked the cash for, yeah. 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 I don't know why that's not like a thing. You know, the one argument I would have against that is that I think in the NFL, not that this can't happen in the NBA. I just think because the NFL, the draft is just a little bit more of a shit show. With one draft class, you can completely change your team 180. Obviously, you can do that in the That's NBA true. too if you draft some the next freaking LeBron. But I think much more light, like 
there are more steals consistently in the NFL and like that you can pick up on day three than you can pick up late in NBA drafts. Where it's yeah. like, dude, if, if you hit on two sixth round picks plus your first three picks, and, and that's a total of five players are like all pretty damn good starting players, like all of a sudden you have a roster. Like, holy I mean, the crap, Brown, what happened last The time? Browns did it fairly recently with all the stuff that they hit on. Yeah, and, we see teams like that every couple of years. Um, um, that flip it around super quick. All right, that was just a little interesting side tangent. Nothing to do with it's a good point football. though. Um, yeah, all right, fine. well, we kind of touched on Alexander Madison, but you guys want to talk about any of these other guys? Chuba Hubbard, Ramondre Stevenson, Kent Gainwell. Okay, this I is going to be. Sorry, I'm I'm just stealing this mm-hmm. one. We're letting Frank cook. I mean, this is going to be a little contradictory because I do really like Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I liked him in the draft. But I'm going to say it's contradictory because I just sold him to JT. Because like, <laughs> that's just another guy where I like him. I think he's a good player. But a lot of these running backs, I just feel like I'd rather sell when I can get the second, even second plus, than be coming back and wishing like, oh man. I had a backup running back I could have sold for a good price. Um, and until you can get that good price, I like to keep on. To, like, I've held Tony Pollard for a couple of years. But if I it could start sniffing first-round pick. Yeah, you do it. I, I just, I'd rather have the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. my. So, to me, Chuba Hubbard doesn't really mean a whole lot. I I, I'm not trading for Chuba Hubbard. I don't think you're even getting a good price for Chuba Hubbard if you were trying to trade him. No, the the only scenario where I'm trading for Chuba Hubbard, and this was myself, I own McCaffrey. That's if I didn't, I would I would never. Well, what about the rumors too though with with McCaffrey going? Doesn't matter. I just don't think Chuba Hubbard is capable. He wouldn't be the workhorse. I think it'd be a split backfield. It'd be like the Texans. I think we'd be looking at a Texans running back situation. Yeah. I don't hate Hubbard, but I do agree with you. I think it's probably just a little bit too pricey. It's just in that he's in that weird spot where it's like he's a good prospect that we all know isn't worth like a lot, but the people that have him just don't want to give him up for like a third. You know, it's like I'd rather keep for the upside. Because that was kind of where Tony Pollard was at this whole time. It's like, okay, I know he has enough upside that I don't want a third, but who the fuck is going to give me a halfway decent second? Yeah. And are we going to talk about Kenneth Gainwell at all? Or... Uh, I don't Gainwell think he's ever going to be a lead back. He fell into a spot where I think the Eagles are sadly just misusing him. I think he's – they're giving touches to Boston Scott and Jordan Howard – when they have a guy in Gainwell who I really like, I I have him in a few leagues, and I just I'm that team runs the ball so well between Jalen Hurts and even uh, Miles Sanders that there's there's some touches to go around, and he's a great pass blocker. He can pass blocker, pass catcher. He he does a lot for a, a a running back, and they got him in the fifth round, which is I think the issue here is that they didn't put a lot into him, so they're not really expecting a whole lot. Um, I would, I kind of tend to side with Lunas that I don't really see him forming into much more than a emergency flex play just because where he's at with that team. Now, obviously things can change and, you know, one injury go, you know, Miles Sanders goes down and then he has a few good games and now he's the lead back. Like there's obviously things that can change, but as of right now, I don't really see him 
progressing much further, despite how much I like him as a prospect. I, I think that's the way for his value to go up the most. He needs to secure that RB2 spot next season because Miles Sanders, he gets the majority of rushing attempts, but he only plays about like 65, 70% of snaps. He's not in on a ton of passing downs anymore. So he can't catch anymore. Yeah, I don't know what, it, especially as a rookie, he was such a good receiving back. I don't know what happened. Um, but so I think that's Gainwell's key to becoming like a flex play is. So yes, he has to lock. He can't be. You can't have Jordan Howard and Boston Scott getting on the field ahead of you. Neither of them are signed for next season. So he needs to secure that two spot. And then Sanders, like, even though I do think he's a really talented rusher, he gets injured. Like he has not been like these major injuries, but he keeps on getting like these small, like whether it be ankle, he had the broken hand at the end of the year. I think that's like the path for success for Gainwell owners. I think yeah. the, the the big thing that I missed on Gainwell that I see more clearly now and why I kind of sold my shares of him when he got hyped during the season, and this is what NFL teams saw, is that I just don't think he's good enough as a runner between the tackles. He's in the Eagles. Probably the reason why someone like Michael Carter just goes, and even Chuba Hubbard goes around, around and a half above Kenneth Gainwell, is that even though they're probably similar levels of talent. Gainwell just doesn't fit because he's just an athlete, right? He's an, he's good with the ball in his hands. You can run wildcat stuff with him. He's a good receiver, but it's just good, 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 good. It's not, oh, he's nasty at doing this. He's so, a jack of all trades, master of none. So if, if he's not, and you know, not even that, he's like probably below average in between the tackles. I mean, he just didn't see it this year. He could definitely develop, but I like when you think of the the paths to him becoming successful. Okay, maybe he becomes like an Aaron Jones. Maybe he becomes like a Darren Sproles or a um. What was that dude for the Giants? What was his name? A Tiki Barber. Oh, like a Tiki Barber. Like these kinds of guys, but they were just better pure runners in the run game than Kenneth Gainwell. I was going to say like. for me, he's more kind of like a. Like you hope for like a Miami Miles Gaskin situation. So kind of. it's yeah. like, what is he closer to? Boston Scott or Tiki Barber? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, know, a that's, a crazy spread, that's a big spread. comparison. That's a big spread. Has anyone ever made that comparison, you think? Oh, all the time. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just said all yesterday. My, yeah. Um, all right. Well, I want to ask about them first because I, I kind of just want to touch on Ramondre and then, you know, transition to our um trade talk uh because frank and i like frank alluded to earlier fr frank traded me Ramondre stevenson in the third and 20 league and i think it'd be interesting to see the insight on it frank kind of talked about where you know he he got an early pick i think it was 202 is what i gave up for Ramondre stevenson on top of um a 2024 second for a 207 yeah it was Ramondre stevenson and 207 for 202 and a 2024 second Essentially. So I paid a second for Ramondre Stevenson, uh, an early second. Um, <laughs> regardless, where I was really looking at... really selling this trade, JT. <laughs> no, I was, try, I was trying to figure out what what the value of it is. Because I, I don't know if it, like, 207 and a 2024 second, to me, cancel out. Because it's two years away. Like, it's a mid-second. Who knows where that 2024 second is. So I essentially paid... 202 for Ramondre Stevenson. And to me, why I did that, or I understand why Frank would want to sell at that price, is I just don't 
love any running backs after Brees Hall, really. So one running back. And then you do have the likes of Isaiah Spiller and Kenneth Walker. But once I saw Zach Charbonnet is not entering this draft, and I'm not really a big fan of Kyron Williams. Like, I just don't think there's going to be a run back in that early second round that I'm going to want. Now, the receivers are a different story where if David Bell's there, I am going to be a little upset that I traded David Bell for Ramondre Stevenson. But I personally, I just don't think he's going to fall that far. No, he's I mean, not going to be there. Yeah. Maybe he but does. Even if it's like Drake London. That I'm fine with. London won't be there. But Drake like London. Will. Oh, my God. Drake, Drake, Drake London goes at 202. Just... Yeah, Drake, Drake London's like a top six, maybe eight pick. Jamison Williams yeah. could. I don't even know if Jamison Williams will fall that far, especially if he still goes in the first round. In the NFL yeah, spoiler draft. alert. I love Drake London. By the <laughs> yeah, way, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of so figuring this now. Am I going to be like like last year with like Tony? Am I going to be like the Spiller truth of this year? I feel like I'm by. Sounds like no, I, like I I, I like, like Spiller, Spiller, but the, but I the problem with Spiller is go I don't want to take. I, yeah, I don't want to take him at 103, which is that's narrow, fair. I think. That's fair. That, that's I'll, fair take him, I'll take him at 105, 107, somewhere in there. I think I'm actually but, with you on that, somewhere like 105. Um, but no, that's fair. I just like Spiller a lot. But I'm with you on like probably not 103. Yeah, but, but go on. We saw, like, I, I think this is like a good segment to talk about, though, where it's like moves that we want to make or moves that we've made. So Frank and I just happen to be on the same, like we, we both made this deal. So it's interesting to see the insight. But why don't we look at like future moves that we want to make? So, so one that Frank and I were kind of, we were looking at our home league and we we're like, Oh, what's a different, you know, trade that can happen in our league. And it's, well, Jake has Dalvin cook and Joe Mixon. Maybe he wants a running younger running back. And, and you know, what it would take for, for Jake to trade for a younger running back. So are you pulling up the sleeper, Frank? I can. Yeah. Here. Go for it. Yeah. What, what are some, what are some, what are some young running backs in mind? Like what would um? Maybe I should change my let me think. Um, like what's a Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins deal? Because they're so equal in value. I don't know how many young running backs you could like get. A... Do you get what I'm saying, Jake? Like I feel like like I think you're gonna have a hard time trading horizontally when one yeah, back that's is what I'm significantly saying. older than the rest. Yeah, because it would depend. Like when we say young backs, what's like the tier of guys that we're talking about? Um. Well, wait. Tier of guys for, as in, like who Jake would want to move into? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you said like how he has uh, Mixon and Cook, like who are some of the guys that like? Well, I mean, I assume Jake would want someone like Javante or something if he could get Javante. Oh, so Jake's giving like an asset with Mixon or Cook for the stud young running back. Theoretically, okay. Or or, or maybe maybe go down a little bit, but like. Like a David Montgomery, or say like Dalvin Cook for David Montgomery plus, or or something like that. He could mm-hmm. do that as well. But that's what we want to look at. Example. That's something that we want to see. Um, so okay. yeah, Frank has this. The YouTube is delayed, but now I see Frank has Jake's teams up. There. Yeah, I'm and scrolling it, through his team. Yeah, I know, Jake, I'm looking at your team. I think that there's kind of two ways that you could approach. Actually, three ways. The first and the first two ways is where I would do it. Either I'm going Dalvin Cook and trying to see if I can sell him for either a running back or assets to go pick <laughs> up this good young running back, um, which could be 2023 and 2024 first, by the way. 
or I'm trying to go with the receiver route where I just do the I trade receiver that is young on hype. It doesn't have to be one of your stud guys. You could try to go for like you have a Judy here. You could try to package Judy with like some sort of pick swaps involved for the other guy and getting a running back that isn't the craziest, but they're good in that like rb 14 to rb 22 type of range where it's like you kind of have to give up a first round pick of value but you don't give up a first round pick you gave up pick swaps and jerry judy's and shit who are worth first round picks to everyone um and then the i guess the third way because you have draft cap but you can always just buy one yeah i mean the problem with buying one is that all of the younger guys are going to demand an absolute massive haul and i think personally what i want to do is i have 108 and 112 like to split with a judy and and some other pieces that i'm you know willing to part with if if come if you know push comes to shove i would look to move up and try to grab you know see what it would take to move up to grab a spiller if he starts to fall in the draft. You know, if he starts to fall to pick 105, what does it take to go from 108 to 105 and grab a nice ass spiller? What does it take to go to 106 to grab Kenneth Walker, 107 to grab Kenneth Walker? Something like that to move up, you know, one or two spots. It shouldn't cost me that much. And I think that accomplishes the same idea of where I can now get a young running back with a high upside that. Well, basically fills my team without you know tearing it down can can i say something quick um because mm-hmm. i think this is always an interesting topic with young running backs because i do agree their value goes up a lot mostly uh like we saw michael carter's value went up javante Najee, all of them the thing with young running backs though when you're relying on them to be your rb one or two and yet you want to be a contender and stuff a lot of times that hype and production that like sticks with them going forward comes kind of in the tail end of the season like like for example like a javante or even like a michael carter if you were relying on them to be your rb2 weeks like one through six probably didn't get much you know what i'm saying like you probably you probably suffered some losses because of right RB2 but it, being it, weaker. It, it, it's awesome for the long term but i more mean that's depending on what you're we trying to do what i'm year. thinking too now though now that i'm looking at it is because I'm not really sure I love trading up from, like, 108. Um, I don't mind the trade-up. I just think you need someone playable until that rookie starts getting consistent. Right, yeah, but, but in why that don't scenario, you just trade I don't... one Like, you can, now that I'm looking at it, you can trade 108 in some leagues for, like, a Travis Etienne. And the more I think about that, like... You can trade him for Travis, Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne might be my RB2 in this class. RB2 or RB3, probably around there, because I think I'm going to like Brees Hall more. But even that, Elijah Mitchell and Josh Jacobs definitely are also in the conversation of a, of a guy you can get for 108 pretty easily. Look, uh, especially oh, that feels, in rookie height. It feels real bad trading 108 for the likes of Josh Jacobs, Elijah yeah, Mitchell. I, and that, I was going to say, that, that, when, that feels more that like a 112. Can, 112 that could be. easily well, okay into. then you might be able to get 108 plus well yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or the running back plus scientist jt was over here mixing up some formulas and chemicals and stuff and finding out what to trade here and frank scientist. you still have antonio gibson right yeah frank still has antonio gibson i mean i i check keep trade cut it says it's a fair trade i don't know what if either of you two would do this but 
Antonio Gibson straight for Jerry Judy in 203. Probably not, no. You wouldn't accept I'd anything? take the Gibson no. side. Well, actually, uh, that's tough. It depends. It depends if you think. Antonio Gibson's a weird one. Here's the thing that makes that trade tough to judge and interesting. Like if Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, the Judy 203 side skyrockets. Yeah, that's the thing. Judy's one of these guys that I'm not going to trade early on in the offseason just because I want to see what happens at that quarterback. Yeah, because that that skyrockets his value. All right, well, you know, um, failure, <laughs> chemical, my chemical mixture. Like, like I think face, right but... now I take Gibson, but if Rodgers goes there, like. The other interesting idea I had, now this one gets a little crazy, is like I obviously have Jalen Waddell is my wide receiver one moving forward. I still have the likes of DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Adam Thielen, who obviously aging, but they should still be relatively productive, productive for the next season or two. Do I look to trade the likes of T. Higgins, who's now up at wide receiver? I think he's at 11 right now. Do I look to move that for a really top-end back? What top-end back could you get for? I really like Higgins. I don't know. You'd have to get a good deal. I don't hate moving Higgins for a good back. Yeah, I don't either. Well, Just right. well which which back are you getting for Higgins? It says well, you obviously get, be Higgins keep, and something. Keep trade cut says Kamara, Cook, and Chubb are the three right around T. Higgins. Great. Give me Nick Chubb. Great. Done. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> That's interesting, actually. I didn't know T. Higgins was that high. JT's out here like, I have Nick Chubb, and I love I, T. I didn't, I didn't know T. Higgins' value got <laughs> that, that is, high. It, it, that's an interesting... I mean, the issue is, like, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor are, like, my two running backs, and I don't have anything else. But uh, it's something I'd definitely consider. Right. It's just something that I've been brainstorming as I'm obviously going through my leagues and seeing where each team stands. And in this league, I do have, obviously, I love having Waddle and Higgins as my top two wide receivers moving forward. But to, you know, bolster an older running back room, I don't think it's necessarily a bad move. I don't think it is either. Uh, I I feel like that's interesting. young receivers is like playing roulette almost. It's like... It is three of them actually produce. Uh, this is not. It's not like playing roulette. I don't know what the fuck that analogy was supposed to be, but it's like <laughs> no, three of them saying. actually produce at wide receiver one levels, and then the rest of them are just valued as, as wide receiver one levels. Because you're, yeah, a lot of it is projection. So much of dynasty rankings is just all like what you're hoping they can be. That's why vets get undervalued every single startup draft. Because everyone's just banking on the rookie ceiling. So that's what makes those type of situations interesting, where it's like, you're thinking, I mean, Higgins is already a stud, so I feel like that's a bad example. But someone like an Elijah Moore versus like someone like, if you do Elijah Moore in another piece for like a Nick Chubb, who's already an established like star, the person trading away Chubb is banking on Elijah Moore's ceiling. Like, I feel like that's like, the most insanely common in Dynasty, especially with the young guys and their first. Like two, three years. I'd say mostly first two. I feel about like third year, it's kind of established. All right. Well, let's move on to someone else. Frank, you, you, you've got trades that you want to make. Or um, hold on, hold on. Okay. Where are we at? Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of receivers, so here's what I was thinking. Um, Let's go to my squad. Where are we at? Team Lunas. Here we are. 
But here's yes. here's my starting lineup, generally speaking. As you can see, these receivers are pretty darn old. You know, we're starting to get up there. May need a wheelchair next year. Oh, I was there last year with Hopkins and Thielen, but and we got a boost. Like, and Julio, like, we got a boost. It was a retirement home. I've got <laughs> yeah, they, and we brought in some youth. We brought in the youth. Got Rondale and Nico Collins in the taxi, so it's not like we don't have a couple prospecty kind of dudes. Got an OBJ sitting here somewhere, and a good amount of random ass draft capital. I kind of want to trade up. And I'm usually so against trading up, but because my guy Drake London or Garrett Wilson could be there in the middle of the first, it's could be doable. What, pick, what picks do you have in the first two rounds? This year, I have 111 and 212. How many firsts and seconds do you have next year? I have four like... firsts next year, no seconds. <laughs> you can get whoever you want this draft. Yeah, but is it worth giving up 111 and a first for, what, 107? No. You could get something back with 107, though. Yeah, that's true. What do you think you could get back? So, it obviously depends on which first next year you're giving up. Like, I don't know if it's going to be your yeah, first what if or it's, it's going to be a later first, end. A late first. Okay, so a late first. So 111 and a late first next year for 107? You would get a, maybe you'd get a late you'd second. Get a, I was even going to say mid, I think, back. Um, yeah, later half second. Probably even closer to the earlier half because you're moving up that four two spots. Yeah, that's you're, a good point. You're moving up four spots. I don't, especially at the back end of this first round, I don't think people are going to value it at the addition of another first for those four spots. I think if you people are going to want one, but if you're going to get back a pretty high-end second, I think, in that, you'll basically just do a pick swap to move up four spots. Which I think if you really are in love with a guy like London or uh, or Garrett Wilson or whoever it may be that you're in love with, I don't think that's necessarily a bad move because of next year's draft class. You have so much draft capital and it's expected to be a loaded class. So that early second round pick might not be so bad. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm just, I'm on the fence. See, the other thing too, though, is now the, uh, London is the most weird guy because you have some people who are just like oh he's the next nq harry and then you have the, some people like me who are like what do you guys say and he's he's the wide receiver one in this class like okay well i'm not, I'm not as far as Nikhil harry but i am not as high on him as the rest of you three the, like is there clearly. a chance that he falls beyond 107 for no. sure yeah, I, don't, I, I really don't think beyond so. 107. Beyond 107, yeah, he's gonna fall beyond 107. I would put <laughs> money on that right <laughs> now. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> you don't think he's right, gonna right, be, give, give me, you don't think me, he's gonna be available on 108? Give me, give me the seven Trey that London. go. Give me yeah, the seven, give me that seven, go seven guys that go ahead, ahead of him. Well, okay. Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, Paul. Okay. Okay. I'm not saying you guys will take him, but Spiller's gonna go ahead. Yes. Corral is going to go ahead. There is yeah. going to be more than there's okay. going to be QB one will go ahead. Whoever QB one will go ahead. QB two will go ahead. Well, if Malik Ooh. Willis go like Malik Willis could easily be like what if Malik if, Willis if goes Pickett, to the Pittsburgh? If Pickett like, and Willis either one of them go first round, they are going in the top seven of this draft class. Both of them have rushing ups. Mm, and Cam Walker. 
Mudis maybe has a point. I mean, I'm not. I think he's. I think he's going to be available past 107. I think the worst he goes is 108. There's oh, no I, way. I, I, I wish like FanDuel did like like dynasty draft pick slots for like ADP on rookies. <laughs> I would slam that under at like seven. <laughs> well, wouldn't it be the over? It would the be the oh over, yeah, the over. But... Yeah, the over at seven. <laughs> but anyway, well, I I don't know. I I'm not particularly high on Drake London, but I still would take him over like whoever the second quarterback is. I'd take him over Kenneth Walker. But he's in my hold up. If Malik Willis or Pickett yeah, I don't care. No. go in the first round, you're taking Drake London over. Yeah, what if Malik I don't even Willis like goes to Pittsburgh at twenty? He's gonna be pretty hyped. Yes, Kane Pickett's the next be. case keenum in my opinion. I yeah, I, I'm more with JT. I think that there's a decent chance that Kenny Pickett falls into the second round. Okay. Um, of dynasty draft. I just bring his name up because I know he was kind of the, I think this was a couple weeks ago, McShay had him at QB1. Okay, yeah, so, and then the next week, Carson Strong's going to be number one. And then the next week, all of a sudden, Malik so, Willis is back in the first round. It's gonna the only be a thing that'll change my mind, the only thing that'll change my mind about these quarterbacks is if they get drafted in the top 10. And, like, we didn't expect them to. So, like, maybe Matt Corral goes in the top 10. I don't think, though, anyone was really mocking these guys in the top 10. Crow probably go in the teens, maybe top ten, maybe if he has like good workouts. If Malik Willis goes anywhere gonna, in the first round, how are we taking this is not even a trade segment anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we are skipping the prospect talk. Uh, how, how how bad was Matt Crow's injury to like? Was it wasn't bad not enough bad. to the point? Okay, no. like he's going to be no. working out. This no, summer? but I mean, right. if 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 fucking well, Malik Willis goes. Anywhere in the first round, I'm taking him in the top seven picks. Okay, real quick though. So, barring trading up, it, like if you had to I pick. I honestly don't think trading up in this draft. I think a lot of the receivers that you can get in the back of the first round and early second, if you can grab two of them instead of just one, I would probably want to do that. That's a fair point. I, yeah, but dude, I just, I want Drake London and I don't have nothing any separate- high draft picks. I the want thing him is nothing, so badly. The thing is, nothing separates Drake London for me to George Pickens to Jameson Williams. Uh, like, there's oh, guys that Jameson. if you could get both of those, <laughs> 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 he's gonna make a completely different comparison. Yeah. <laughs> Drake Drake London Drake London is the guy already. I know we're gonna see it during uh, me and Lunas Kadarius Tony all over again. Except now I'm the Drake London defender. Jameson versus the hate. Jameson. Uh, all right. <laughs> no, all right, but I get what Jake's saying, right? I also what like you you probably haven't been feeling bad if you've been taking wide receivers at the end of the first, barring Jalen Rager. I guess Henry Ruggs slid to the. Uh, yeah, the, the first, he is an early second. I got him at the end of the first round. But I mean, you're also second. talking, you're talking, oh, Jalen Waller, you're talking, yeah, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, um, AJ Brown. AJ Brown. is still a hit I. for his draft yeah. pick. I mean, uh, Hollywood, yeah, you're I don't okay. I'm not, I'm not debating t- taking receiver at the end of the first. I just think that personally, Garrett Wilson and Drake London are the two guys that I feel like are surefire. Good ass fucking players, like no questions asked to me. Yeah, so they're just good. Yeah. Like I just think they're good. <laughs> Are you willing to roll the dice that uh, people think otherwise about David Bell and Traylon Burks that they take him ahead? I think Traylon Burks certainly goes ahead of Drake London. I don't know. I don't think David Bell will be going ahead of 
Jake London. So uh, they'll be, I think they're going to Okay, be now what close. about a different receiver? What about like an actual receiver that's that's playing here? Well, there's always the interesting ones of the Claypool, Ayuk. Um, Ayuk was one the, that I was thinking because his I'm price has gone third, down. Yeah, the third one. They're all players that had solid rookie years that Claypool, then did huh. not a lot this year. Which See, fits your that, breakout metric thing. Yeah, Ayuk, the, the, the thing that's interesting to me is that obviously he has that big, big old blemish of this the beginning of this season on his resume. But realistically, outside of that, he's been playable. Like, it's not like at least second compared to Jerry Judy, you couldn't play Jerry Judy. You were not happy about playing Jerry Judy. You could play Ayuk. I'm not saying that Jerry Judy is bad. It's just at least you could have fucking played Ayuk. At least the yeah. the role is there. He just needs to be consistent now. Yeah. Um, no, I, and I actually think to Ayuk, I think Trey Lance is going to help him over Jimmy G. Should. But I think the vertical passing game is going to open up way more. Which they're is both getting Ayuk. quarterbacks that you should be excited about in terms of like. Yeah. The situation they're in wasn't great for them. But, all right, so the question is, like, what what are we giving up from your team to get the likes of, like, a Brandon Ayuk? Um, um, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, could, I the could obvious answer is but... you could – the obvious answer is you could draft receivers with the capital you have, and it's you don't have to make any moves. But if you really were looking to do something, you have guys like Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup, where you could just break them down into, like, pieces, more or less, where you trade them for – a slightly, you know, worse wide receiver, but highly ranked wide receiver, and a, and a second, and now you have more capital to go in with. And you, can- well, you, you wanted who I was thinking of breaking down potentially. It's just he's a weird one. Is um, where is he at? Antonio Gibson. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I would look. I like that move. I'm not a Gibson fan. I know Lunas is gonna come at me because he's a Gibson believer here. I just don't have a lot of faith in him. I, I really think he's he has his games, and that's fine. But as a whole, he's a very on-and-off running back that really hasn't done a whole lot besides the end of this season. And I think a lot of his hype is just based on what he can do and not what he does. Yeah, I just have so many risky running backs. But I like my running backs. For some reason in this league, I'm just about the running backs. I mean, you have, like, five of them. You want to yeah. know what it was? It's because I was in a running back hole. I had Zeke and a bunch of nobodies. And I then that. I was like, then you just got I need to pick up backs. running backs. And then for some, I just never uh, stopped, even yeah. though I have a bunch. All right, let's go to the next right. one now. Yeah. How about we do one more and then save the other ones for uh sure. Well, we can do self. one really quickly. I'll okay. just yeah. put it on this. We can even talk about a different one while I'm doing it. All right, well, which one do you want to talk about then? Um, well, do the one under Josh Palmer because... All right, well, so for, for me... Someone moving on from James Conner. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll, I'll just make it specific to, to my team. My team was a playoff team this year in our home league. Um, it definitely was like a... Like, it was a middle of the pack in terms of the playoff teams kind of team. Like, didn't really feel like a powerhouse team, certainly. Um you know, if we if the team had good weeks, it was going to go far. If uh, if it didn't, you know, it's the same case for like most teams in, in, in these. It's kind of just luck of the draw. Yeah. So I have James Conner in that league, and I've had people shout Parker, who's in in the the chat, reach out about James Conner. And the question is, well, 
I don't have a lot of running back depth. It's just Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb, and then now James Conner would be my third one, and then there's not much following those guys. And it's, well, do I move on from James Conner and get value for, for him, but just leave this hole where there's zero depth at my running back position, probably the position that you want the most depth at? What are you what are you getting for James Conner right now? Well, so Parker had reached out to me um looking to give I, I think like an early 2023 third. I said I wouldn't do it for that price. Um I I would want more, but you know, Parker said the most he'd probably be willing to give up was a later second. I probably would want like a mid to early second. And we just couldn't come to well, I also said I wasn't really looking to make the moves yet, and you know that's like, right. Yeah, if you if you don't want to make a trade, you don't have to make a trade. <laughs> I think, I think with James Conner though, at least Jake, I, I want to hear your opinion too because I think you're gonna be on the same page as me. I, I'm I'm taking the late second. Yeah, I would roll the you know, dice James here. Conner I think trend. there's, I think there's a, a a few players that you could hit on in this, uh, you know, late second. Uh, especially if you're moving into 2023, I think you said, which is an even better draft class. Um, I, I just the touch the touch the touchdown regression is obviously going to come. Yeah. He had a he had a ridiculous amount of touchdowns this year. Um, I, I just overall he's aging. We've seen him. He's an injury guy that really also, stayed overall pretty healthy this year. So I would think another year hmm. older, another year of wear and tear. An injury is likely, in my opinion, honestly, and I don't like to predict injuries, but I think that has to be factored into a guy that's missed a lot of time in his career. I, th- so, I think another thing that added to is so well, a lot of his rushing touchdowns were goal line. You remember at the start of the season, Kyler was getting a lot of those goal line rushing touchdowns until he got injured, and I mean he kind of cooled off with running the second half of the season. What you guys are neglecting about James Conner though is like jake jake did mention uh, like he he could get injured which i mean any running back could get injured, i think also part like, of it i kind of just i like edmonds too well That's all right hold on, hold on so Go the ahead. thing is when when james connor's played most of the season and, and started so not counting his rookie season he's been he very behind Le'Veon bell he's been very productive. he scored a bunch of touchdowns like, like that's yeah. who he is he's a big body back he's 230 something pounds like he's just a big body goal line back on an explosive cardinals offense and to be honest that's kind of what you want from your your third run like you know if you're not going to have a three elite running backs that's who you want from your third running back it's just the big buy guy that you could toss in your flex that um will probably get a touchdown that week and you know th- those are big points from your flex position um so to me uh, like am i trading him for the likes of uh i don't even know what wide receiver or tight end or running back like like who's going to be there in that late second this year um that's unproven. I, I well, we, we've done drafts before. Well, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think the thing that you could do or you could at least try is moving him for just a more state. If you're looking for flex play kind of material, why don't you look him for more of a stable flex play, like a Tyler Boyd? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to hate to say this, say. but potentially a DJ Chark. <laughs> uh, because you're going to have to buy someone that, that people are down on. I mean, but, you're as someone, just to get production and then a little bit on top. Oh, I get a third and this. I get 
whatever end I mean, so that you have I, a little bit of As someone who had DJ Chark in that league earlier, like I never felt comfortable starting DJ Chark. There's never a Yeah, so maybe DJ like, Chark uh, isn't isn't the but, right guy. But, but the point of this just, is the point of this is hold hold on, hold on. The point of this though is like he's my third running back. And that's a position that just notoriously is the most injured position. You are without running backs constantly. And, you know, I have two running back. Jonathan Taylor, luckily, knock on woods, stayed healthy like this whole season. Nick Chubb got COVID, and I think he was a little bit hurt. But for the most part, he was healthy this season. Like, you can't bank on that being, of course, you can be healthy two years in a row, but it's hard to bank on both your running backs playing, especially in a longer season, all of their games. So you could be at a point where you're starting instead of James Conner and the touchdown plus 30 yards that he's getting in the nine total points. Like you could be starting, in my case, uh, Tevin Coleman. But <laughs> I don't really have anyone else. Like who else is Benny Snell? Like those are my running backs. And who am I getting in the in the late um, second that's, that's replacing that? I would have to go and move – someone else for another running back. Like, it just feels like a lot of lateral moves to me if I'm not getting... Well, not necessarily, because my one argument to you would be um, you, you don't need running backs. You just need a little bit of depth, which I think is a big difference between... Because the same reason you were saying, oh, you need an RB3 is also the same reason why you don't necessarily need an RB3 is because... Come the season, it's going to be a fucking shit show. And I think that there will be a player like a Melvin Gordon or like a, a Donta Foreman at one point in the season that you could pick up to put in, a, in an RB2 spot if you desperately need to come then. And and given the entire offseason, you might be able to pick up the next J.D. McKissick-esque guy for really mm. cheap to fill in as an RB3 for now until you're able to get a better RB3. But you still got a stabler asset in a 26-year-old receiver who's a, a little bit – has had some good season but is a little bit down now. Like you, you're still getting a receiver in that prime production age. It's just he doesn't have the flash and sexiness that they they may have once had. It, I, yeah. I just think, like, okay, you could definitely hold on to James Conner, but you have to realize that James Conner is an extremely risky asset. Mm -hmm. And that's why, I, I don't know, I think if you can get a late second, I think there's a few guys, like, just going based on our last mock, you know, 212 was Rashad White. I think he's pretty good at a Arizona State. Brian Robinson's obviously older coming out of yeah, Alabama. Brian Robinson I like, but, yeah, there's no I mean, guarantee. We had, we had Charbonnet at... 210, which obviously he stayed, but you know, 208 and 209 were Jahan Dotson and John Mechie. So, like, those guys are, you know, depending oh on who's, those guys. Well, well, depending you on who's board you're though. looking at, is like those guys are ranked higher on a lot of people's boards. If you just like that, you get to that pick and you go, okay, I don't want to take these guys, someone will. Someone will want to take those guys. Well, and the other could, thing, too, though, is that you could get that pick and then just trade back or trade out. Like, you could. Instead of trying to trade James Conner, you can try and get a pick to trade on or during draft day or whatever. Right. And the, then the second round pick is a much more yes. uh, fluid asset. You Some can draft definitely... time, everyone's going to want picks. Correct. And if you can get that, 
late second now for an asset of an older running back that was very touchdown dependent, I don't think that's necessarily a bad move. So I think I would look to move Connor, but I wouldn't necessarily for it because I have him in one league too, and I've just hard held him. Like, yeah, it hasn't necessarily hurt to hard hold James. It's been a roller coaster, but fuck it, dude, we're out here. All right, um, you guys want to just move? Oh, Lewis is back. All right, I was gonna yeah. say you want to move on to the tight end draft. Yeah, uh, yeah, throw. Yeah, right. oh, crap, I forgot about the tight end draft. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll finish it off with tight end draft here. Um, am I green again? All right. Well, who wants to be? Who no, wants to be what colors? We'll switch up. We'll switch up the colors. All right, All right let, let's switch it up right now. We'll do we'll do it real quick for the YouTube folks. Um, Jake, pick a number one through four. Three. Oh, that's yellow. I'm not even looking at. I don't. I don't know what color is what. I'm not looking at. I'm just looking at. I pick uh, two. All right, that's green. I'll pick one. Uh, rats. I'll pick one. That's blue. Let's go. And I'm red. Well, uh, all, all roads lead to Kyle Pitts. I'm gonna say after Kyle Pitts, this tight end group lasted. Okay. Flaccid group. Uh, am I gonna just put it in? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Kyle Pitts. It's 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 easy choice. It's all right, not can even someone tell me what I picked myself to be? What, <laughs> what color am I? Are you yellow? I don't know. I think you're yellow. Yeah. No, I'm yellow. I mean, Jake's I yellow. I believe I'm red. Oh, then Dude, you're red. Colors okay. are hard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my bad. If you all right, well, I'll try and I'll try and keep everyone updated who's listening to us on podcast. So, uh, Lewis pick first. He took Kyle Pitts. Now Jake is up at two. Uh, you really put me in a spot I don't want to be in. Well, who do you think I was going to take? No, it's just, I, I just don't want to be picking second is what I'm saying. I mean, there's a few it's a options. Real shocker. Yeah, it's like, my pick there's catch a, me by surprise. No, your pick didn't catch me by surprise. I just don't like the next group. I don't want any of them. All roads lead to Kyle Pitts. I'll trade you, Lunas. Um... Ah, I think I'm going to have to go with George Kittle at two. Oh, um, okay. Just because I think he's a little... Why am I over there? Um, I think he's he's a little younger than the likes of uh, Kelsey and Waller. Um, the other option here is Mark Andrews, but you know me. Stay away from the fucking Ravens, so... I yeah. I thought it was between Kittle and Andrews. Mark, Mark Andrews had a crazy end to the season, but I think we've gone way too low on Darren Waller, who I'm going to pick as the third tight end. I just think... Oh, my God. You're chasing Why? yards. Because Darren Waller, unlike Travis Kelsey, hasn't played that many years as a tight end. I, I think... Yeah, he's still 30. And to me, that doesn't... It's, it's not as big of a deal. I think I... I think the next three plus years of Darren Waller are going to be much better than Mark Andrews and the rest of this crew. Um, so I point. like Darren Waller could be. I mean, Kyle Pitts. Oh, is, oh, I don't know what Frank took. I, I, I didn't oh, okay. Fra- Frank went Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson four and five. He goes with the young tight ends, the young guns. I yeah, well, I mean, Mark Andrews, I just thought was going to be gone by now. I didn't really expect. Yeah. I- Andrews, I should be gone by now, but and I just really like TJ Hawkinson. I think the people have soured on TJ Hawkinson because of this season where they expected this year to be the breakout. But I 
was in the con. I think that this year coming up will be the breakout year for TJ Hawkinson. I have not soured. I actually think that TJ Hawkinson might be one of the better tight end buys. Yeah. Yeah. So right if, you, if you compare his price now to what it was after like week three or four, it's a huge discount. We, after I just like think the first four weeks, he was being touted as like, is he tight end two or three? I just think TJ Hawkinson will never be the tight end one on the season where I think Darren Waller and maybe to some extent, well, we just saw it with Mark Andrews. He could be the tight end one on the season. That's why, like, Darren Waller is my dark horse. For, I don't even know if he's a dark horse to be the tight end one in this. If he stays healthy, he plays. yeah, a healthy guy on, on the Raiders who don't have a lot of weapons. Uh, like, uh, I'm not yeah. sure how much they're going to be able to bring in either. Uh, this is a Darren Waller who I think is prime for the next few years. But then, you know what? Might as well go back to the the old tight end well and just go with Travis Kelsey here at six because I mean, tried and true. Okay. Everyone's surprised in it. Uh, yeah, Kel- I think Kelsey, Kelsey should go. Uh, he, I would I take him over Hawkinson. He's I think the only he's one here. Consensus over Hawkinson and Waller at this point. So. You're really trying to argue that a top ten tight end is where you want to be as a as a tight end. Come on, breakout for a tight end means legitimately being one of the top tight ends. That's not that he's entered yeah. the top ten. Yeah, no, top ten isn't. Like it's got to be top five minimum. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that Dude, brings... I don't know. maybe we're just lower on Travis Kelsey, but God damn, like, I don't I, really want to be. I think him at six is Kelsey. fine. I, to me, again, it's just he's good until he's not, and I'd rather just ride it out compared to. Yeah. Anyway, I'd, pro- I'd probably have him at six. Like, you're going to tell me, like, yeah, you're going to, like, trade Travis Kelsey straight for any of these guys ready to below him? Like, I don't, I don't think well, so. Well, not, not below him, but there are. The yeah. argument is that he should be above six. So, like, well, I'm the only guy I take him over is top six. Hawkinson is the only guy. Hawkins, yeah, Hawkins is the only one. I'd have him at five or six in my tight end rankings. Oh man, I'm easily taking Hawkinson over Kelsey. All right. Well, now back up on the clock is Jake. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Muth. The Muth. Um, I think he's just looked very good down the stretch of the season. Obviously, people are going to have concerns who's playing quarterback there. I don't really think it matters. I think if they end up with a young QB, the tight end's his best friend. He's going to be dumping the balls off to Pat Fryermuth and Najee Harris for a large portion of the game if he's really learning and trying to grow as a quarterback. And honestly, I think he's a guy that's shown he could play over the middle. He could play on the outside a little bit. And he's he's a good blocker. So overall, he's going to be on the field, which is a big – Obviously, you need snaps to get the ball. So, I like Pat Demuth here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like that pick. At eight, I'm going Dallas Goddard. Uh, he started to come on a lot at the end of the season. Oh yeah, you know he plays for the Eagles. Dude, <laughs> Dallas no, Goddard's I mean, been good. He's been, he's been good the second half of the season. Yeah, I like Dallas end. Goddard. There. He's gonna stay on the field all the time because uh, he's one of the best blocking tight ends in football. So, uh, I probably Jalen would have taken him over Firemuth. Yeah, I think he's right. Like he's right with Fryer on like outside that top six tier. I think. Um, so I'm taking there. So like, if you took his second half of the season and put in the whole season production, we'd be having a different discussion about Goddard. I think. I'm definitely um, taking Goddard over the Muth in redraft. I don't oh, know. Yeah, redraft sure. Right yeah. Dynasty. Yeah. Um, then at nine, I'm going to take because <clears throat> I still believe in his talent. No offense. Um. Nice. I, I'm just still believing in his talent. I think it's just been the combination of poor QB play. Uh, he's 
dealt with some injuries here and there, but I still think he can be a really good tight end in this league. And sometimes it just takes it just takes some time. But I think by the time he hits his prime, he's going to be a really good fantasy tight end. He had his All games right, well, on the Broncos offense this year. Where I think he finished off the fantasy season as uh, like the last week of the season. He was a tight end one overall. Um, but for the most part, it just a pretty disappointing year. But it was for all of these Broncos pass catchers. Yeah. I'm not willing to dock them yet. It's not like Junior um, Sutton had a good year. All right, Jake. I'm going Dalton Schultz. Oh, uh, Cowboy. I think he's he's shown he's an actual, real, pretty solid tight end. Obviously, he's a wastelander if we're going to go by it. I think he's the top of the wasteland. Um, but he's going to get – the Cowboys are a high-powered offense. Dak seems to trust him and seems to go to him in big moments. I think overall he's a guy that's going to be in this, you know, back-end, tight-end one conversation for the next few years. So at, at tight-end 10, I, I like it. Yeah, so then at tight-end 11, we're talking – my argument here is yards versus touchdowns and what I want to see from tight-end, and uh, yards are just stickier. So I'll go Mike Kosicki. Um, okay. At, at this point, we're entering the wasteland. <laughs> yeah, Kasiki's probably the last one I'd want that I think could escape the wasteland and, and be something just because he's super athletic. There's another name we haven't said that that I know we're not super high on, but people are. I'm sure he's gonna go next. All right. Well, yeah, Frank's up here twice. Oh wait. Oh crap! I did not realize I was up. Um. I'm kind of in the middle of uh of doing something here. Are we memeing? Yeah, I'm memeing. Yeah, that's classic prank. <laughs> All right, well, while you're memeing, I'll just recap. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll recap okay. for everyone. We got Kyle Pitts, one, George Kittle, two, Waller, three, Mark Andrews, four, Hawkinson, five, Kelsey, six, Frymuth, seven, uh, Goddard, eight, no fan, nine, rounding out 10 is Dalton Schultz, and then 11 at Kosicki, and now we're on to Frank. Sorry, Dennis, you're getting covered by the wasteland. Okay. Notice is the wasteland. I understand. Yeah, we've um, entered the wasteland. Okay, who's gone here? Isiki, Schultz, Fant, Goddard. Um, hmm. I mean, I, I, I guess I gotta take Dawson Knox. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the wasteland has been entered officially. Yeah, you know, I actually like Dawson Knox. Um, like a year or two ago, like the year when everyone liked also liked Dawson Knox, but then he kind of stunk it up. And now it's like, yeah. this is the year that Dawson Knox played well. So like, I don't hate Dawson Knox not long-term, but I agree in the general consensus that let's not act like he's not a waste Lord or anything. He's so um, high. He looks pretty next, good on the YouTube right now. This is this is gonna I be what? tough you look for pretty me. Pretty good on the YouTube, Linus. What am I just covered in wasteland? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really, I'm really thinking about taking Gronk here at 13. To be completely honest, whoa. But what? I'm gonna go with Cole Komet. Gronk. Damn, that's what I want. Gronk is good. Gronk is at least good. Gronk. Yeah, Gronk. Oh, sorry, Irv Can Smith he... Jr. You want to take? Irv fucking uh, Smith, or are you gonna be Jake last year? Troutman, like, dude, come on, get out of here. Gronk, you can at least play. Or who are you gonna go with? Higby, like, come on. 
Okay. <laughs> just to defend my Troutman pick, I just said he was ranked super high. He was up at like tight end 12 or something. Oh, um, I'm so. up here. But, uh, this, is a, this is a problem because this is a gross spot. It's been um, gross spots for like three yeah. minutes. Well, I want to take someone else, but I feel obligated to take Hunter Henry. Who He's a waste lord. Yeah. The issue was like it was the debate between him and Janu, and he just kind of like eclipsed Janu. Okay, <laughs> Janu. so real quick for those who don't know what the hell we're saying half the time, uh, we have coined the term waste lord as the lords of the wasteland, which basically means <laughs> they're the good tight ends of the, the crap ones. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to give you tight end overall one se- tight end one overall seasons. Uh, it's the, pe- it's the people. Five. I was gonna say it's the people who finished like tight end eleven or twelve, but gave you like five weeks of like one or two points. You're, you know, you're, you're hoping, hoping for thirty you're yards and touchdowns. Yeah, you know? You're hoping yeah, for you're thirty pr- yards praying, and touchdowns. Yeah, you're praying guys. for a touchdown. <laughs> um, yeah, Hunter Henry. He's had a solid connection with Mac Jones so far. We saw their chemistry. Um, obviously, he had the bad drop into an interception during the playoff game, but for the most part this year, he's been very good. So. Hunter Henry. Well, I'm up now. And I have no idea who to go. I don't want to be, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to take Gronk. There we I, go. I, like, like Frank said, he's he's good. He, like, I don't care how old he is. As long as he's playing with Tom Brady, he's going to be oh, I hate this a good guy. tight end. Imagine he not. was as old as Travis Kelsey. He is, he I think. Um... Just what is throwing it? that out there? Do I want to? Do I want? Yeah, wanna but Kelsey play? hasn't retired once. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm stuck in. The, do I want to take Irv Smith Jr.? You mean the bait? Uh, what do you mean? I think uh, Conklin's up next. Do I want to take? <laughs> you know, what I'm gonna take here because he had he had a nice second half of the season. I'll take Zach Ertz. Oh. Former Jake, Eagle. can you do the Eagle? <laughs> you, no, you guys, he's like the all, Eagles all-time leading receiver. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick Zach Ertz here. I thought he showed he still had it the second half of the year well, with Arizona, and he was pretty productive uh, tight end being in like a pass-heavy offense versus Philly. He was like with Goddard, and so run-first offense. Uh, so I'll take, listen, if you, if you take Gronk, I could I could take Zach Ertz. Um, uh, one's one's yeah, a Hall now, of Famer. One's Zach Ertz is a Hall of Famer. I think Zach Ertz what is a Hall of Famer. World is Zach Ertz a Hall of Famer? He had like He's a, a ton of, of very good. He had like a He's ton of like thousand fame. yard seasons. All right, Linus, make your pick. Ah, uh, this is not easy because I'm between. Do I go Irv Smith? Do I go Higby? Do I go Higby, Logan Higby? Thomas? Higby. Do I like Logan Thomas more than Higby? You like Logan Thomas? Who are you kidding? Um, no, he's going with. This screams okay. Logan Thomas. I, I I'll go Logan. You nah. keep on putting in my head. Logan Thomas is he got he was injured for most of the year, but the games he played this, I think he only played three games, and all three he was kind of a lock for like ten to thirteen points. Um, it's only going to be his third year playing tight end. Uh, I think can produce for you. Still one healthy. All right, so I'm gonna go back to Jake. Oh, you're gonna make me do it. Uh, I know you're gonna do it. Taking the trout. No, 
Are you taking Irv Smith? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm Irv Smith. I mean, obviously in that offense, the tight end is going to be like the fourth option at best behind, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, the running back, whoever it is. But I think Conklin had a pretty solid year, and I think Irv Smith's a whole lot more talented. So at 18, why not? Okay. Um, Jordan. Yeah, I know you don't like him for his relative athletic score, but to me, has good draft capital, you know, played for a depleted Texans team with Davis Mills as the um, quarterback. They're getting a new coach. You're getting a new team, hopefully. Um, I don't know. He's someone that I liked Harrison out of the draft. Boy. Whoa. Oh, of course. What? I don't, Harrison I, I, Bryant is the cheapest good tight end in Dynasty Fantasy. No, Harrison no. I think Brevin Jordan's getting slept on too much. Harrison Bryant. You guys, you guys are Brevin Jordan. Harrison I like Bryant Harrison. Good. Harrison Bryant's good. The problem is that team runs the ball a whole lot, and they have Austin Hooper. So, dude, just give Harrison Bryant another year or two. He's going to age well. He's going to age like a fine wine. Oh my God! I completely forgot about Tanyan. What a fall! And then, from grace. Um, well, dude, you have to take Dan Arnold. I'm telling you, if you want to make your team better with one move, it's adding Dan Arnold. Dan <laughs> Arnold is what we like to call the rabbit's foot of fantasy football. If you get Dan Arnold, your team has better luck. one hundred percent of the time. Oh, Christian, are any of you considering Najoku with these next couple picks? Who's up? Am I up right now? I'm not even yeah, you're red. Up. Um, no, I'm not continuing in Joku. It's gross. I mean, what about? I mean, Blake Jarwin's sitting there, pretty pretty. You know, like pretty pretty think... solid right there. Johnny um, Smith is still there. Hayden Hurst was a first round pick. Yeah, you, you know who's really interesting, but like I'm just not. I, I feel wrong ranking him this high. Is uh, Kyle Granson. He was actually really efficient when he got the ball. But, I mean, 10 and 22 is just too high for me. He's just like that good, like, stash on your roster kind of guy. Yeah. Um, ew. I'm taking, a, ew. I'm taking a troll pick with my last pick. <laughs> it's uh, kind of a troll, but it's kind of real. I'll, I'll let you know, guys know who I'm deciding between, and we could pull the group here. CJ Uzoma versus uh, Tyler Higby. Higby? I'm taking Higby. I will go Higby. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I would like I to see... take Evan Ingram. Tyler Higby. Oh, don't, don't, no one. If anyone takes Evan Ingram, <laughs> that was going to be my pick. <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're being banished. That man. <laughs> He's a pro. He made the Pro Bowl a year ago. Uh, well, yeah, one of what are we saying? Uh, all right. While Jake's making his pick, I will just recap the past. Uh, like uh, Dawson Knox was twelve, Cole Komet thirteen, Hunter Henry fourteen, Rob Gronkowski fifteen, Zach Ertz sixteen, Logan Thomas seventeen, Irv Smith eighteen, Brevin Jordan nineteen, Harrison Bryant twenty, Dan Arnold twenty one, Tyler Higby twenty two. Now Jake and Lewis are going to round us off and end the podcast with twenty. Evan Ingram, baby. Dude, there are still some good tight ends on the board that I am absolutely shocked have not gone. Oh, out of curiosity. I mean, I Jacob Harris is one that I think should have gone. Um, like you, t- he's got a high upside. You know, he was a fourth round pick, I, and he's on an offense that's going to need a tight end pretty soon. Like he could, he could mature pretty well there. Um, 
what's his name? Njoku. Njoku's played well when given a shot. I He's mentioned got... him earlier. I mean, I Adam Troutman just hasn't gone. Like, Are you taking him here, Jake? No, I'm actually going with a different guy. Tommy Tremble? Nope, I'm going Gerald Everett. Okay. Oh. I like Gerald Everett. I think he's always been a solid player. Um, I thought he was kind of misusing the Rams. He went to Seattle, had a pretty solid season. I think if Russ stayed healthy, people's opinions on Gerald Everett would be a little different. And his season okay. would look a little better on paper. What price did we sell Evan Ingram at? Because we're about to rank him outside of the top 24 tight ends. I was going to say, I'm, I'm between three at this final spot. I'm between Njoku, um, Evan Ingram, and Johnny Smith. For this final oh. spot, because I still kind of like Johnny Smith's talent. Um, I don't think it worked out great his first year in New England, but I think as Mac Jones continues to progress, it's going to be more uh, of a pass-heavy offense. How do you feel, JT, about John? I think I think if you're buying in Johnny, you might as well just take Evan Ingram because at least Evan Ingram showed more than Johnny. Bruh, Evan Ingram has at least Johnny can catch the football. Look, Jobs. Over I, mean, I take that. Evan Ingram over. Like I'm, I'm gonna a good amount of the past. I'm gonna past take Evan Ingram, the Pro Bowler. <laughs> Making a Pro Bowl last year was so funny. Yeah, maybe I should have taken Evan Ingram. Actually, that's, that's your Pro Bowler, baby. Um, I mean, listen, he's gonna be a free agent. Giants probably won't resign him. He's he has talent. You just can't catch for shit. So maybe a change of scenery helps him, like like with well, Aguilar and the Eagles. You guys, you guys want to hear how great we are at trading? We traded Evan Ingram and a fourth-round pick for James Conner and a third-round pick. Yeah, it's pretty like, crazy. Talk, yeah, talk Let's about genius that we are. Yeah, uh, so so with Evan Ingram, I'm hoping it kind of happens with him, what happened with uh, Aguilar when he left Philadelphia and went to Oakland um, or Vegas. He, like the talent was there, he just could never catch, and it seemed to kind of get in his head. So maybe Evan Ingram, when he goes somewhere else, uh, will get over his catching issues and let his talent take over. Because I remember Evan Ingram's second season, I thought he was going to be a stud, and then he just he's just regressed. So I'll, I'm, I'll, I'll take him at tight end twenty four. He's shown me something, even if it was a couple of years ago. Well, at least he didn't cost your team a playoff appearance. <laughs> you right, guys so, went six and ten. <laughs> we'll let you know next episode on if any one of the people in our league take Josh Palmer for any second round pick in our league. Yeah, that should be interesting. Um, I don't know. I've liked the direction that we've moved the startup in. I think we will probably be incorporating more talk of that. Not startup, orphan team. We'll be talking about that orphan team more during the offseason when there's less stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, good episode, everyone. That is season two, episode twenty-four. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us in the chat, uh, chat, watching us on YouTube, listening to us on podcasts, um, you know, commenting, subscribing, and everything. We've been really appreciating it. So, thank you, everyone. Thanks, guys.